Hello, spacers. Welcome to Starlight, a space opera. I'm Isaac, your host and GM for the adventures ahead. This show, whether you're watching or listening, is a labor of love, and one that we want to make the best for you. So if you can, take a moment to freely subscribe or share however is most comfortable for you. Thanks. Now let's plot a course to Starlight. Hello, Weathered Spacers, and welcome to Starlight. As many of you know, I'm Isaac Yorks, the GM of these zany adventures. I wanted to see if you knew all the ways you can connect with us. We have social media pages, like our Starlight Adventurers page on Instagram, where you can get information on upcoming things and even vote on story elements, or get your questions featured in the show. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and Discord. Lastly, we have a super fun Patreon, Links in the show notes below. Our Patreon members get exclusive access to story information, NPC builds, story voting, and much more, like one-shot games with yours truly. If you want to get more involved in the show or give back, these are all great things to check out. Alright, I'll see you soon, spacers. Now, back to the action. Activating, recalling, and replaying memories, and in duel, Faldona, Concord Pyramid, colloquially called House of the Triumvirate. We zoom into a white room, a giant vat with a brain that upon closer inspection bubbles in a gold-green liquid, in a tank suspended in mid-air. It consists of brain matter and something else, something humanoid. Shriveled limbs, corpses, and body parts are absorbed into the flesh of an impossibly large brain that is stabbed with the dozens upon dozens of chair-sized crystals that resonate a yellow glow. There is a resonance that shakes the very fabric of the room. Those who stand near, down to the cells, they would feel a whoom, 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 that is both electric and oddly relaxing. The room is sterile of smell, and a line of neural link cables run off the vats, awaiting connection. I am God. Or at least, as close as one can be. Once, my name was Tezir. My compatriots were once Raker and Tal, but now we are many. I cannot remember my beginning, but I have seen my end. For the prescience, it has always been with us. We have stood as witness and architect to the rise and the fall of the Federation. We have averted an aggressed war massaged and irritated the populace. We are what the universe has required, but no sane being would readily take that on. And today... is the day we die. 
Over the last half a dozen centuries, I have held the corner of the triumvirate dedicated not to the masses, but to the weak, small, and dispossessed. I am the elect as they like to call me, but really it is they who think of themselves as such. I give them voice and power by which to enact their passions. A monocracy that answers only to my avatar. Sometimes they act in compassion, and at other times they balance the scales with violence. They are but children, prone to the most base of emotion. But they are wondrous too, nonetheless. Even for those who wish to kill me, and shall succeed. I too love them. Was the orc kind not depopulated for the nuclear wastes they would have caused? Were Loxodons not dispersed and ruthlessly stripped of all sense of home for the jihad they would have enacted left otherwise? Gnomes, whose DNA contained a sequence that would have birthed a living disease that would have utterly destroyed everything in the known galaxy. Yes, I do love them. And now, it is time for their retribution. The destruction will be catastrophic, should we resist. It is foreseen. But all kind is ready. It is foreseen. All that remains is to gift the future over to the Enigmas. Enigmas who carry the touch of real gods. Our use is nearly at an end. And so it begins. No more councils with the dispossessed. No more watching. Only rest. I was once a god. I was once Tazir. I was once the triumvirate of the elect. And now, I am ready. Hi guys, welcome back to Starlight. We're doing our um, Q&A and this time we're doing it without Mr. Isaac York. So that'll make it way more entertaining. Just kidding. <laughs> um, it's just me and Nathan here today. I play McKenna Ali and Nathan plays... I uh, play Alice in the campaign. Does Alice have a last name or is it just Alice? Um, I think at this point in the story, people know his last name. Yeah, it's Kashin. Okay. Oh, yeah, because that's his family that he's connected yeah. to with Asians. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, that's a good question to start. Um, what are the Acers, Nathan? The Acers? Um, well, everyone knows them kind of as like the black market or like the mob of like Starlight or space. Um, mm -hmm. They're highly organized uh, compared to maybe if people maybe thought they're more of like a I don't think at this point in the story people think they're just like a little kind of gang or anything but um they are kind of the 
uh, weapons dealer of the world in a sense, or like the galaxy uh, correction. Um, and they're well known for just their um, access to information and materials. And then they're kind of just split up into multiple families, which I won't give out how many or the names of all of them, because obviously that's Isaac will be kind of, he's already kind of done it, has like introduced some of the families. Um, but yeah, they're all, and the families specialize in different things. Um, kind of like Alice's family specializes in, um, I think he said it. But yeah, we kind of like Alice's family is more like the, like on the ground um, vanguard in a sense for like either conflicts or uh, missions. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're D and D version of the mafia. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So nothing to be afraid of or concerned about. No, no, they're <laughs> it's like the talent. You know, it's just it's family. <laughs> you do everything for family. I love it. Um, before we dive deep into into questions that we've been given and things that we've been thinking about, I wanted to give a shout out um, to our sponsors, um, Low Key Battle Maps, who've been with us for a few months now, and that's been really exciting, and we're pumped about their support. And then, yeah. So one question we got, which I thought was a good one to start off the the um, the conversation in terms of introducing our characters a little bit is um introducing our our, just our basic stats including hp and ac um and then kind of joining that with sharing one of our more readily used abilities and explaining how that ability or spell or feat works and why your character has it um and i love that question because i think it just lays out like the basics of who we are um i'll let you go first alice Okay, perfect. I was going to say, this also helps with my stats to tell the people who think that I'm making my rolls to know that I just have huge bonuses. <laughs> you you <laughs> not, not always <laughs> roll well on strength checks so that it, there is a level of curiosity I know. There. I was going to say, I'm not salty that people are suspicious, but it's all good. Um, so starting off uh, from basically when I took, how I took the question, it was my HP is 33, my AC is 16, um, we are level four. Uh, my strength is 19. My dex is 13. Cons 15. Int is nine. Wisdom's 14. And charisma is 11. Um, I do have a pretty high strength. I did roll pretty well on it. Plus, with some racial bonuses, um, it has increased it. And then, with my uh, ability that I basically use readily and always like have, as everyone knows, is rage. Um, so with that, I have the Beast Path Barbarian, uh, which people have probably kind of noticed uh, with all the changes and everything that Alice goes through. So, Alice, so basically, with the Rage from the Beast Path, um, you take... I'm trying not to give like a full just book definition, but basically, when you're in Rage, you have resistances to both um, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage, um, just normal damage. You have resistance to that, so you take half damage. You also get a plus... Well, you get a proficiency bonus um, to your damage um, when attacking. And then... Also, with... Well, that's just... Yeah, so rage. And then the reason with Atlas... I'm kind of like, like going over my words in a sense, but... With Atlas, um, when you basically when you became a barbarian um, with Path of the Beast, um, he... Okay, sorry. Path of the Beast Rage gives you animal-like features. Um, so there's different things like you get the teeth, 
um, claws or like that tail. So in Starlight, due to like it being Starlight and um, has space themed, uh, what Isaac and I did was more of, we didn't change any numbers for any of those really hard rulebook fans out there. Um, we didn't change any numbers or anything. We just changed the aesthetic of it. So that's why Atlas has more of a mechanical um, or machine-like transformation uh, versus more of like a more organic animal form. Um, but yeah, it's it's the most obviously readily used and most common thing that Atlas will do because I mean he is a barbarian. I love it. So basically, Atlas is a beast that you don't want to attack, nor do you want to be attacked. Bye. Yeah, unless you're hitting them with like damage that's not going to be any of like the base types of damage. That's fair. That's fair. So like psych damage. Yeah, psychic damage I know. Any like magic's pretty good against barbarians as far as I know unless you go a certain uh, archetype. I think they get I think, don't quote me, but I think they get resistances towards um, certain like elements and stuff, but um, normally, yeah, barbarians are more just like in the fray, close quarters combat. Um, don't like being hit by. Now, some spells do bludgeoning damage, so mm-hmm. you can. He does. He can take resist, like take less damage. Um, it all just kind of depends. Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna keep note of the psych damage um, as something maybe McKenna can keep in mind. <laughs> Not that she would ever attack you. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. All your um, <laughs> for those of you who have not listened, um, if you have listened, it's very obvious. McKenna and Atlas have a bit of a tension happening between them. Um, and it's just because McKenna wants to be the greatest of friends with Atlas and Atlas does not feel the same. Um, so McKenna is a sorcerer and she is an elephant on two legs. Um, she is very very large um large in stature and large in personality um she's she's really honestly a fun character to play and i honestly find a lot of um the good and some would say annoying character types in me coming out in mckenna and so it's fun it's fun to play a character who's a little bit like me um as far as the her stats, her hit points are 30 and her AC is 13. So she's, she is a, I would say is a great talker. Um, she's not a great attacker in a lot of sense or a lot of realms. Um, her strength is 12. Her dexterity is 11. Um, dexterity, I think makes complete sense and that she's an elephant. Um, and I would not expect an elephant to be very, dexterous um her constitution is 15 her intelligence is 15 her wisdom is 15 and her charisma is 18 um which i think i hope i play a character who shows that um i think in a lot of i i often think like i could make progress in how i show her wisdom and intelligence because sometimes i think she comes off as a little bit aloof um but sometimes that's very intentional as well in terms of how I'm playing her um, and getting people to sometimes say the same information over and over again so that she can catch them in lies, um, which I think um, maybe shows some intelligence and wisdom. Um, and yeah, she's a sorcerer. As far as one of some of her cool um, features, 
I actually want to share two. So hopefully that's loud. Um, one that I think is so McKenna is message and being able to message into people's minds. So that's basically, I can do it as much as I want. Um, because what is it called? It's a cantrip. Um, so there's not a limit on how many times I can do it. Um, and I can basically say anything and everything I want into someone's mind, no matter how far away they are, as long as they can see them, I think is the, um, well, actually it has to be 120 feet from me. I, for those rule followers, I want to make sure I can, but that's pretty much who you can see. Um, if they're 120 feet. Um, yeah, so that's one of my favorites. And then also more recently, something I'm trying to perfect and I think will be really cool when it comes to fruition is the chaos bolt. Um, and that's really cool in that I don't even know what it's going to come out as sometimes. So you roll, I think I don't have the dice on me or the instructions on me at the moment, but I think you roll a die eight to figure out what it is and then you roll the damage and maybe some rule follower knows a little bit more detail than I do in the moment. Um, but I think that'll be such a cool one when I can roll right for it. I I've tried to roll so many times and it keeps blowing up in my face. Um, and so that's one of my favorite ones. Um, those two, I think, but the, the message is so McKenna. And so I particularly enjoy that one. Um, yeah, so those are good questions for, for the person who sent that in. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Question for you, Alice. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. Can you explain what the, and I wish Isaac was here to say this <laughs> yeah, word. Yeah, no. Hold on, I'm gonna I don't want to say it either. Christoxard. <laughs> Can you explain yeah. what it is and its ability? Um, and then um, the details of the rules of the Legend Lore spell. Yes. So the shard. <laughs> um. The shard itself, basically, it's a crystal that has the ability of legend lore. It has limited uses, uses a day. Um, it recharges um, as long as, obviously, I believe there's a, a part of it where if you overuse it, it has a chance of, like, breaking. Um, that might be wrong. but And then, um, also, a part of the shard that, this is more just a player trying to figure things out, is I believe uh, the... Let's hear you say it. <laughs> Chris. The crystal shard. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, for some reason, can't even get my mouth around it. As a uh, part of like maybe like a bunch of like very legendary crystals. I feel like mm -hmm. there's more in the world. Um, it would be fascinating or really awesome just to try to like maybe see what the other ones do. Well, remember we saw something, we've seen something similar, like on, I'm just going to say it because I don't think it's been live yet, but on the cloak of that guy who greeted us when we landed most recently, if you remember that. Mm. Do you remember that? When we, when we were getting on to um, XR1 and we had to land, I don't want to give too many details. Yeah. Um, And then... The leader greeted us and had all those crystals on oh, maybe. their cloak that looked similar. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, might be. Yeah. But, Honestly, but then, I feel like 
also but, that leader in the vision that you had using the Christakis shard. I'm going to call it that. Um, yeah. It saw something similar in the puddle. Yeah. Right? So that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, obviously, I mean, I think that's like a, a higher entity kind of thing at the same time. It's just, yeah, I feel like there's going to be more and it'd just be cool to see like what they are obviously later in the campaign. And then continuing that is the so basically with the ability you name or you sorry you name or describe a person place or object and the spell gives a summary of important info on it um so it's honestly seems very obviously in the shard it is very overpowered to a certain extent to where you can the person that you question though normal like for the most part, it has to have some info about them that can be almost like legendary in a sense, or maybe not 100% legendary, but something of importance. You can't, you like, as far as I know, you wouldn't be able to use it just on like a plain individual that has no, like, you just wouldn't a, be able to say, like, where's one my of those quest giving NPCs, yeah. Um, right. but yeah, so it's definitely pretty cool. I actually just thought of something, um, to use it on actually when we were. When I was like uh, trying to think of how to answer it, can you? But share? I'll keep that for the campaign, huh? Can you share? Um. Do it, do it, do it. You know you want to. I don't think just yet. I mean, there's a lot of people that Alice wants to use it on now that he knows what it does. Is there a but, limit? Uh, did you say that so already? It's th- yeah, so it's three. As far as I know, from what I remember when I spoke to Isaac, I think, because I don't have, like, the card in front of me, I think it's three times a day. Okay. Or two times a day. But, yeah, you can't... Or is it a week? I don't know. But, basically, it's a very... I might be the latter. But, um, yeah, there's a very... There's a limited times you can use it per day or week, I think. Or month. But, um, yeah, it's really strong. Because, obviously, with, like, big story people obviously now obviously some people might have some type of resistance i don't know if that could be a thing but somebody may actually resist like have like a divination is in a type of sense to like kind of like when you scry on somebody that's what i think too is like there might be like an enemy at some point that like when you scry on people if they have a depending on like the what they have around themselves they may be able to um know what's happening and then kind of just like push it out so um, or there's like items that can stop it. So maybe somebody else has an item that can like block like kind of that divination type of stuff. So that could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you think Atlas would be thinking that or just Nathan is? Uh, more just the player um, okay. as me. Uh, I don't think Atlas would probably just use it on whoever he wants to know about without even okay. thinking about it. Good. Because I was hoping there would be no limit. And then, like, a lesson would be learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably find something out that he didn't want to find out about somebody. Yes. Yes. Alrighty. Um, I have a question for you, or as McKenna. Yeah. Or McKenna. Um, do you think finding Cease's sister will actually be beneficial for him? And Or do you, like, expect, like, do you think potentially finding her will be what you're expecting like her like everything being fine her super happy to see Cisa. i am expecting it to be a happy reunion like from what he has said about her and his because not too distant memories of her 
Um, I'm expecting her to be happy to see him. I wouldn't be surprised if she was part of the Pelagian Pact. Um, not that a lot of people know what that is yet. Um, but if she would, didn't join that, um, or if she's like in hiding. Um, so I think either one of those is going to be the case. Um, and I think it's going to, to honestly be up to Sista in terms of how he wants to, to address that. Um, my hope is that she's alive um, because there's also a real possibility that she's dead. Um, and so yeah. wanting to wanting to protect him from that pain um, while also having made him a promise, um, I think is where McKenna's at. So I think to answer your question, um, I am expecting there to be a happy reunion um, if she's alive. And I'm expecting... Um, him yet yeah, to want to stay in that relationship and pursue that but I'm interested to see what that looks like um, long term I have a slight slight branching question yeah because okay so Sisa was obviously on Anoy or Anoy I don't know how to pronounce it too well so, Anoy also what I'm thinking though because we obviously we found out that the Sunmaker is Potentially, obviously, all the audience probably thinks so too. Um, as the Federation's new head. Oh, for sure. So, what I'm thinking though is, right? What if? Do you think McKenna could handle it? If Sisa grows to hate McKenna, because what if the Sunmaker had something to do with, like? Either their separation, obviously not directly, but his actions could have led to their like separation. You know, I would hope that Sisa is able to separate the Sunmaker and McKenna. Um, and like what the Sunmaker has done, even though McKenna's pursuing that, um, versus what McKenna has done and what she has shown him. Because I think she has shown him a level of commitment and trust he was not expecting. Um, mm-hmm. And so my hope is that he would be able to to trust her in that. Um, I also feel excited that that with what's happening on XR1, it might actually be easier for him to find his sister. Because what's happening on XR1, they're not against sense. So I don't have to hide Sisa. I mean, he's still stuck on the ship and nobody knows about <laughs> that yet. But that's another day's problem. Yeah. Um, but it, it should once we're like there and because now we're not in hiding. Right. We mm-hmm. don't have to necessarily hide. It should be easier to connect them be, it, with them being sense. Um, and with her being a synth, I could see her having joined. There's a lot of foreshadowing happening in this answer. Um, <laughs> but... I think, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, we find out that she's like one of the higher ups or something. Oh my gosh, that would be nuts. That would be crazy. Even though Cecil does like uh, Clive and Alice more, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) I am. I think it's more just like the. I think it's more just like the father or like big brother. Like okay, I have a question about that. Mm -hmm. After that moment where Atlas like pushes him up against the wall, has that intense moment. Does Atlas bond with Sisa a little bit? So Atlas 
it's not really that he's really bonding with Sisa. It's more that as brutal as Atlas is, he doesn't want to see um, children or young synths or um, really anyone in that kind of obviously that age group kind of see any type of war or um, battle. But if they do, or they like have just like this goal in mind or whatever else and they're just stuck on it or whatever um yeah he just doesn't want to see any harm come to them in a sense obviously he wasn't very gentle with sisa but it's also the same side it's like okay well alice can be rough now with the child to kind of try to like shock him a little bit so he realizes like i might just die like kind of get out of the fantasy of like if i'm going to pursue this goal i have to realize that this isn't a, just some fantasy where I'll be untouchable or I'll be safe. Like, I might die. So, um, that also kind of branches me to, um, a question for McKenna. And I believe this comes from Isaac. Um, were you proud of Sisa and his reaction of Atlas's concern? And do you think that behind the tough veneer, he and Clive might actually be good influences on the teenager? <laughs> part one of that answer i was so proud the way that he stood up for what he believed and and on the dice roll the fact that it was my support that made that possible i also felt good about that um but like from that like if i like were to take a step back and say that happened in real life and courtney was responding to that moment I would be so proud. There would also probably be CPS involved because throwing yeah. a cup against the wall is problematic. <laughs> but, and going to other planets and kind of kidnapping him. There'd be a lot of issues happening. But <laughs> in that moment, um, I was so proud and that he really stuck to his guns and really, um, I don't know, committed to what he said he was going to do and did it in the face of someone who's big and strong and mean. <laughs> um, and so I was impressed by that. Part two of that question. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Alice and Clive are good influences. I go back and forth on Alice all the time. Um, sometimes I think Alice is a good guy. And I'm like, yeah, I can totally trust him. And I can totally like bring him into who McKenna actually is because nobody knows who McKenna actually is or what she's actually mm -hmm. pursuing. Um, and other times I'm like, stay away from this guy. He's awful. Um, and with Clive, I, I don't know what to think of Clive. There's not enough knowledge about him to really have a strong opinion about whether he might be a good influence. Um, and so with that said, I think I'm still learning about Alice and Clive to know whether or not they might be good influences for for Cisa. I will say I'm very, 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 very glad that he's not interacting with Sir. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sir felt like a terrible influence. Although it was very good to have Spencer on. Um, I am glad Sir is not influencing <laughs> Cisa for very long. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I feel like even versus like Alice and Cisa, it's, and sorry, Alice and Sir, it's like Alice might be questionable at times, but he does live somewhat. I mean, he doesn't live by a code, but he like he does live by some set of like morality. He set for himself, yeah, and morality that he's kind of set for himself. 
mm-hmm. um, versus Sir, who just chaotically lives his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I if I had to choose between Atlas and Sir, I'll choose Atlas every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Question for you. Okay. I feel like parts of your life as atlas are coming together so you have this call that you have that nobody knows about with your what is she um she's the one who like fixes you oh yeah yeah my doctor's less engineer yes Mm -hmm. but she seems like a friend too so doctor engineer friend Mm -hmm. and then we go to the planet where the aces are also operating and we learn more there not necessarily about you but about the acers and what's happening there um your i want to call her your lover um has also called you once oh astrid Um, yes is that her name astrid the tiefling i don't know she's a tiefling is she the one from annoy the the one that works with um no no not Astrid. There, so Astrid's the girl with the Acers. There's yeah. another gal who called a while back, or, or maybe she's been trying to call, but you're not answering. But I thought oh, she got she through a- once. No, she. So my my doctor or engineer was basically um, letting me know that she's like been asking about me, mm. um, and I should try to like return a call, but. Um, as of right now, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Alice has spoken to her. Okay, so what is the next steps for Alice in his personal life? Because you have Astrid on the side, so I'm glad you brought her up. <laughs> you have this doctor engineer friend who seems like truly just a friend, but is there something more there? You have this gal on the side that you're providing for and sending money to, but you're not doing anything with you haven't been back to visit the Kashin family uh well you kind of did with um what's his face but like i don't know like it seems like atlas's personal life is on pause while his professional ambitions are pushing forward so i'm curious what's happening there um so with the professional life kind of going forward yeah it's because yeah, Alice has been put on this mission by obviously the Kashin family to obviously locate the Sunmaker and capture him alive or dead, as far as I know. Um, unless that information's been updated. It might be. That's why I had to get in hold of the Kashin, because obviously with the Sunmaker now potentially being the head of the Federation, then things might have changed. Um, and then with the relationship, so... Astrid, Atlas knows in the back of his head. Obviously, with the Tetsip family, that's the family she belongs to. Uh, for the Acers, the very luxurious, information-based um, gambling, like that kind of stuff. So, with that, he knows that, in some sense, he is kind of slightly being used for the mission. But obviously, he's we're, they're just using each other for different ambitions. But, um. Astrid is kind of like that... How would you put it? Kind of like that... Woman that you would... You see in some shows, maybe, that... There's always some type of, like... Tension. But there's... It never, like, comes out of anything. Or nothing comes out of it. Um, And as as of right now, that's kind of how Alice sees it. Um, 
his doctor or engineer he's known since the beginning well not as long as the other woman um has been trying to get a hold of him but who's the other woman that i will not reveal it yet i'm pretty sure it'll be revealed pretty soon um whether i wanted to or not <laughs> but actually it will be revealed because i actually i'm gonna have something happen but um i can say without revealing too much that yeah so the doctor and engineer is very very close friends it's like um saying yeah it's just like someone that he's very very close to and has been through a ton of stuff with and has like mm-hmm. kind of like been there for him um to get him through a lot of trying times when he mm-hmm. first was part of the acers um so they have a very strong connection um romantically who knows <laughs> um now something i can reveal about the other woman is that she has a pretty obviously he sends money or some of his funding obviously that is salary in a sense um to the to her um to take care of her and uh she has a pretty strong connection to his past um but i can say so those people out there <laughs> that he's not doing it because um he is, it's not like she's not his lover if um people like the audience might think that or you might think that he, he like she's not his lover um and she's not fa- like she's not technically his family he's not like a sister or a mom or anything like that um but she's someone very important to someone Atlas considered to be his closest family from the past. So that was a lot of foreshadowing and gave me no answer as far as <laughs> yeah. who she is. So is the answer that you're not going to answer my question? Um, I think part of it, actually, I think it actually, wait, I don't know why I'm going around it so much. I think it's been revealed slightly, um, because of the Christoph, Christ, Christoph, <laughs> yeah, the shard, um, because kind of like when Isaac was saying too, um, it kind of relates back, like it's. Due to that tragic thing in his past, he, yeah, he's lost a lot. So, yeah, actually, I still have to go around the question. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Until a little bit, I feel like it's gonna be re- revealed pretty soon. Um, All right. So just, I know, I, like, you've wondered for quite some time. So it'll be revealed pretty soon on uh, kind of okay. what's going on with that. Okay. Courtney and McKenna don't like waiting. And so this has been really <laughs> a test of patience. So I am excited for that to be revealed. All right. Okay. You're up for the next question. Oh, okay. Um, I know I always ask, see, this is the same thing though, that obviously you have your questions for me, but I always I, like question that like the whole Sunmaker thing. Cause obviously, like you said, no one really knows McKenna. Like also it's funny that it seems as if there's a huge amount of mystery behind Alice, you know, because it seems like a lot of it's been introduced here and there. But if we're being honest, the people with the most, like, full-on mystery, well, it's gonna, I'm gonna say it's Clive right now, but 
Definitely Secondly, is actually McKenna, because like you said, no one really knows like your end goal other than finding the Sunmaker. No one exactly knows. I mean, people can guess from maybe McKenna's personality right now of like, oh yeah, she's going to try to befriend or be friendly and team up and go towards the sunset with the Sunmaker. But it's like, at the same time, who knows? So it's like, what my question is, if you find, if McKenna finds out that the Sunmaker is actually, obviously, I feel like she knows that he's not exactly the same as he used to be. Um, but will she have the, I'm trying to find a better word than the vulgar word for it. Will she have the, on the tip of my tongue. Whatever, will she have the, the, this is not the word I was thinking of, but will she have the drive or like the ability to kill the Sunmaker if she finds out that he's just evil? Because obviously they have a huge past together. At, at one point, I understand that he might have been not as bad as everyone else thinks he is. <laughs> but um, will she have, see that's, not, I don't have the word for it, but the ability to um, be able to just strike him down. So that's, I want that to be a yes or no question, but it's not. Um, McK it would take a lot to get McKenna there. I actually don't think anything has happened that proves the Sunmaker to be a bad guy. Um, I think there's like weird things that have happened. Um, I think there's like some brainwashing that has happened. Um, I, but I don't think anything that we've seen so far clearly articulates, okay, he's a bad guy. Um, and that's what I think McKenna would press pause in terms of responding, in terms of striking him down when she were to see him. I think McKenna's really interested in having a very thorough conversation with him and feeling him out. And I think it would be pretty clear through a conversation, a long one, that I'm sure I would ask way too many questions and annoy our whole audience. Um, <laughs> but... A conversation where it's clear where his intentions are um, because I don't feel like we know that yet um, I don't feel like we know his intentions what his goals are what he's thinking why he's thinking it um, and that that would make me nervous it was if it was very clear there was no doubt that this guy was a bad guy M McKenna would be very sad would be heartbroken would hate to do it but would be able to take him out um, but I don't think that's clear and she will not act until it is clear. Sounds very McKenna. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make <laughs> sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. I, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Say, yeah this, it sounds talk. very McKenna. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's, uh, she's, <laughs> she always wants to talk to the enemy. <laughs> yes. I'll talk and no action. That's how we join a cult, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, hey, it's worked out. Plus, honestly, in hindsight, yeah. It's definitely got us a lot of information. Yes. Okay. Alice, mm -hmm. after you use the word that we can't say, shard, <laughs> you said you said you were speechless, right? You were mm -hmm. like so shocked by what's happened. And then we just kind of moved on. Yeah. Um, now that you've had time to absorb everything revealed from the artifact, what were your thoughts about everything revealed? 
right, because so, that was a ton and i was like oh shit oh yeah i did not expect all of it like that's another that's one of the reasons i was also pretty speechless was i had not expected like learn so much but also how much had happened to make him become who he is mm-hmm. um so another reason would be that the man might be related to clive like we've all like so like oh crap i don't i don't know 100 percent. they don't know yeah we just don't know and then <laughs> it's so hard to do these q a's yeah like ahead of like or like <laughs> behind schedule so yeah. i feel like so much foreshadowing happens sorry guys <laughs> and then my thoughts on like uh my thoughts on the things that were revealed um makes me almost feel for the orcs in a sense mm-hmm. um but not necessarily like make me want to side with them but it's just it makes you like it makes atlas and also myself kind of feel for them in a sense of like where they came from and like how they got there it's kind of like those villains you can't like you 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 want to hate them but you can't right um and then the i think it was when i used the christoph the shard that i found a um or alice saw a um a different well he saw a few different symbols but one of them really hit him um it was the like connected to his past in a sense that I believe, obviously, I may be screwing this up in my head because my brain kind of gets scrambled sometimes. Um, all the information's there, just scrambled. Is that, yeah, so it made him very speechless on, like, okay, might be related to, I might be related to Clive. Kind of feels for him, but at the same time, if I'm, what I'm thinking is correct, yeah, if everything connects, if all the dots connect, and Alice finds out that such and such may be behind something, then. Alice will go completely berserk. Um, will so I, Atlas... Honestly, this... Oh, sorry, go ahead. With that in mind, will Atlas have the ability to press pause on going berserk um, if it's not the appropriate timing? Oh, yeah, Alice isn't... I mean, Alice... He's not Does the he smartest... control Yeah, he's, he's not... I mean, yes and no. He's, he's not the smartest... Um obviously a person in the party but like he does have a lot of like that's why i play like alice is not being complete like because obviously he has like a nine intelligence but like obviously with the character that's why his wisdom isn't super bad either is that he's had a lot of experience in life so he's he's very wise in a sense not i mean he's not the most wise but he's like he's wise enough to know from battle experience and war and everything else there's a time and a place for certain things now sometimes does his rage or whatnot kind of just bypass it yes um, but with this, he'd be very careful because he knows, I mean, he wouldn't be super careful, but he, he would be careful enough because he knows the threat level of, um, what it is. So yeah, he, he'd be able to control it somewhat. Honestly, though, it might even be beneficial to McKenna because you'll probably forget the Sunmaker entirely for a little bit. Um, but yeah. What makes the, you say that? the the relation between what Alice saw and connecting to his past 
kind of override like overrides his mission in a sense his personal life finally outweighs his uh professional which is very rare for alice because he's very just known for just completing the mission whatever it takes you are right and that mckenna would be extraordinarily excited to pursue that with alice Yes. Yeah, depending. There's a lot of things. Honestly, this this next part, I honestly have been kind of a- anxious with trying to like. Why? <laughs> I admit I'm I'm being a little impatient, but I just I really want to see what happens next. Um, because there's a lot of stuff, and honestly, I think the audience is gonna love it because there's so much that's gonna be happening that it's just insane. Yeah, I feel like. Like, a, like, between the episodes coming up and then the episodes we'll be recording here soon, there's, like, so many big shifts happening in the story um, and so many, I think, secrets being revealed. Mm-hmm. And so it's exciting to have all that happen. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. nice, too, is that I feel like at first I was like, oh, man, we're, like, giving out so many details kind of in a certain sense of like backstory but it's like Mm -hmm. so kind of like when that happens it's like okay where's the story gonna go from now but it's like there is a little bit like inklings here and there but has so many branching um scenarios that can happen that it's just like i don't know it's almost like i don't know i'm super excited to see kind of like what exactly comes to like comes to fruition in a sense me too me too do you have any more questions um none personally i do have a question um from the fans actually for isaac um okay all right so the question from the fan and pardon me because i'm not as good as Courtney or isaac at reading or um talking in general um but the question from fan is where do you get your inspiration for the campaign from and that's to isaac isaac's answer for that fan is it's hard to say I tend to have a ton of stories just trapped in my head, and they manifest kind of kind of from nowhere. Stories are a bit of a freak talent for me, and that someone can be talking about a glass of water, and that somehow turn into a creation myth of a setting. My mind is a weird place, but I do have influences. A lot of times, though, I a lot of times though I like to use my influences as purposefully as possible, as either a way to pay homage to something I love or to act as a pulse check for the audience to give them something that recognizes. Which, sorry, like I said, my reading, which can help them find a foothold in a made-up story. A chunk of my story narrative comes from what my players create as a backstory. I like to run with their ideas and I'll allow them to breathe a story of its own. Lastly, if I had to name some heavy influences, I would say, star- I would say Star Wars, and in parentheses, this helps me get the vibe of a space opera. Uh, Dune is another one. Authors like Brandon Sanderson in real life. There's nothing crazier than real life. For example, the conflict that led to the creation of Atlas as we know him as <laughs> as we know him is the Battle of Bendigast Ear. Believe it or not, there's a conflict in real life that was caused over an ear. Oh wow. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that's actually that. crazy. Yeah. I thought you read that very well. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. I, Do you yeah. know something? I'll, and I'm sure you've experienced this, Nathan. Mm-hmm. But one thing I love about like just what DMs do in general is, and I think Isaac does this really well, but 
allow me to create the story mm-hmm. and like of who McKenna is and to use that to drive the campaign. And I think Isaac does a great job at giving me little just crumbs to follow along the way as far as like when he, for example, when we were leaving um, in Duel and Dr. Montgomery had said, hey, I heard this news thing of it was a deep voice of somebody calling all Loxodons to the planet with no lights. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's a huge crumb to follow. And mm-hmm. that that honestly could be a whole nother campaign in itself. That's just crumb in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's those kind of little, like, just little crumbs that we can follow just are really awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. does a great job, honestly, with that. I'm not trying to earn brownie points but he honestly from just because i watch so many campaigns and listen to him all the time like there's one thing that i know um just from seeing like random encounter or like random uh videos and such just talking about the campaigns people have been in isaac does a fantastic job with leaving those crumbs without like railroading the campaign Mm -hmm. um and that's why i love it so much too is like you can create the story with your backstory and everything else and then like in the campaign it's not where he doesn't just railroad you into like a specific thing. He doesn't force your characters into um, something without them deciding like, okay, this is what I want to kind of like get into mm-hmm. or this is yeah. what I want to be a part of. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. I would absolutely agree. That's a note for DMs. Don't railroad your characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. railroad your players into things that they might not even be interested in. It's, mm-hmm. It sucks to say, I know like, being a dm is like a storyteller you're telling a story but at the same time your characters are a huge part of your story and that forcing them into something they may not be interested in is kind of i won't be yeah. mean but it's kind of just selfish in a sense like obviously there's certain things maybe you want to try to push mm-hmm. um but at the same time you don't want to just force you don't want to force your players to do almost anything um, right also you don't want to force your dm to outrageous things that's why sometimes i kind of like hold back or like don't want like I'm like uh, should i should i have said this or should i have done this because i like i'm not trying to like force certain things mm-hmm. um but yeah it's great isaac honestly isaac's fantastic like with mm-hmm. the storytelling and everything else like it's crazy i agree absolutely okay one more question to wrap it up all right give me one thing you're looking forward to as the story progresses. Ooh. Um, this one's tough just because obviously you're not trying to um, keep it vague. Leak anything. Okay. Um, something that I am very looking oh, something that I'm looking forward to quite a bit is honestly just where this arc um, kind of goes. Obviously we finished the arc of just kind of like the first planet introducing and all that stuff. Um, but seeing where everything ends up, like, mm-hmm. will Atlas, McKenna, and Clive stick together? Will any of them die? Um, will, because this, yeah, there's some crazy stuff coming up. Uh, for the audience, like, honestly, I really hope everyone kind of, like, listens in and it's going to be crazy. But, um, yeah, just kind of, like, where everything, like, ends up in, like, the aftermath. Because there's so much world-changing stuff that can happen. Um that yeah I, I just want to see where all the like pieces like 
end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think mine is honestly Clive's story and wanting some pieces tied together there. And I think what's happening next is going to tie those pieces together. Um, and then I'm going to break my own rule and say, I think Isaac and I and Sam are both really excited that Nathan is coming in town for the next recording. And so we'll all be in person, which will be super fun. So if there's nothing else, Nathan. No, that's all I got. I think we'll call it a day. Thanks for joining us with this Q&A um, for Starlight. And we are super excited to join you guys in the next segment before the next Q&A of Starlight. And I think this went pretty well without Isaac. What do you think? Yeah, I think it went yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's keep him out more often. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, All right bye, guys. guys. See you later, spacers. Yep, see you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.